This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. The feelings are so strong. You got to have friends to make that day last long. I had some friends, but they're gone. Something came and took them away, and from the dusk till the dawn, here is where I'll stay. Good morning, good friend. It's 809 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hoppy Kirchwell got all confused on Friday. We had Hoppy as our guest around this time Friday. And our bumper music theme on Friday was songs that once were hits, but now are cringeworthy and you really shouldn't be playing them anymore. Things like, you're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. Um, and Hoppy had, had heard me say that, and he goes, well, what, what's cringeworthy about Bette Midler? No, 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 no. That's always our second hour opening theme song. Because we want you to think of us as your friends here in the morning. Bob and I, we'll do our very best to maintain a friendly attitude towards most of you. Most folk. <laughs> most of you. 71 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 71 of the Highlands, 68 uh, at my home studios in Elm Grove, where I am not, and 70 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Mostly cloudy, scattered thunderstorms today, a high around 80 Cloudy with some uh, rain mixed in throughout the day tomorrow, a high around 75, cooler tomorrow, and then back up to around 82 on Wednesday with clear skies. That's Adam Fike's forecast from Storm Tracker 7. Uh, a couple of things I'll get into uh, later on. Bob, last Monday, a week from today, a week ago, we talked with folks from the uh, local unions about their thoughts on this demolition contract that was um, awarded in conjunction with the WVU Cancer Center here in Wheeling, the old OVMC property. And the union was supporting the bid that WVU Medicine had accepted from a New Jersey firm. A local company, Rays International, has now sued over that demolition contract. Um, and we'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit later on here this morning. And I want to remind you, if you're on the Buckeye State side of our listening audience, and that's about uh, at least a third, if not more, of our audience, uh, you have today and tomorrow, tomorrow actually, is Election Day. Early voting has been going on right now for this highly controversial special election for issue number one. The issue is pretty simple. It is changing the threshold for approving constitutional amendments going forward. If issue one passes, any constitutional amendment will require 60% approval before it can become law. Currently, it is 50% plus one, a majority rule. Those opposing it say that uh, this gives the power to the minority. If you allow this to pass, 40% can control what happens to a constitutional issue. Uh, those who, who uh, oppose it uh, say that it's, uh, it's it actually, well, those who support it say that's a good thing. So uh, we're going to talk more about that uh, later on. I want a couple things I wanted to put down uh, in front of you. And coming up next hour, Mike Florio is going to join us. You probably best know him as ProFootballTalk.com. He is uh, an NBC sportscaster, uh, but he's a Wheeling native, and he's written a book about organized crime here in Wheeling in the 70s. It's a novel. It's fictional, but uh, it's really fun. I've been reading it over the weekend. I love to read a book where I pop up and see, you know, 
Ernie's Esquire. They all go to Ernie's Esquire. And I'm thinking, I know it's just a novel, but I'm thinking, was I there when they were there? Could was I? Could I, I went to Ernie's Esquire. So we'll talk to Mike Florio next hour about that. Speaking of guys who've written books, uh, let's talk to Mark Curtis, uh, Next Our Media's uh, chief political correspondent. Mark, I've talked to you before. Every time I look over your resume, I'm particular. I'm just amazed at how many things you have done. The only the only job I've never had is uh, Howard is I've never been a rabbi. <laughs> everything, everything else I've pretty much done. <laughs> you wrote a book about the Obama campaign. Yes, in two thousand eight, I I covered the uh, the campaign from I always say from eye to eye, from Iowa to inauguration. I went on the road. <laughs> I had lost my job. I was a news anchor in San Francisco, and that job came to an end. And I thought, let let uh, I just take a road trip with the candidates. And I spent the whole year on the road, following them all around the country, and then wrote a book about it. As if, as if my reading over the weekend is correct, it was fairly well received too. Uh, it was. It, it really was, and it was. Uh, it's still out there. You can order it on Amazon. It's called Age of Obama: uh, Reporter's Journey with Clinton, McCain, and Obama in uh, the. Search of the Presidency in 2008. What I can't even remember. There was a long title. <laughs> that was that was my publisher who gave the title, not me. Anyways, you've had you've 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 done movies. You of course have done multiple um, uh, journalism. Your career has involved journalism a lot, uh, book writing and so on. I just I just I'm always amazed when I skim over your resume, how many things you have done. And you're not a rabbi, but you do sometimes preach, don't you? I sing at my church. I am uh, an elder in my church, First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans, and uh, I also sing on occasion. Uh, as you probably noted in my bi- <laughs> biography, I was a, a rock and roll singer and musician back in the 70s and 80s, and um, then left the, the music business to go into broadcasting, but I still got a taste for it, and so I love to sing at church. It's, uh, it does my soul good. I've seen some of your, I've seen some clips of that, and where I really got a kick out of it was your birthday at your station when you sang When I'm 64. Yeah, I turned 64 on May 16th, and um, so my boss, Bob Schaefer, our news director, he leads the newsroom in happy birthday whenever somebody has a birthday. And I demand, I said, this is television, so I demand equal time. <laughs> and I pulled out my sheet music and sang at least the first uh, verse and chorus of When I'm 64 by the Beatles, because uh, uh, you only turn 64 once. And so, will you still leave me? Will you still need me when I'm 64? Do you, when you first heard that song, I'm assuming you were like, well, you're 64, so you're a little bit younger than I am. But when you first heard that song done by the Beatles, did you ever think someday you would be on the other end of that? You know, it was the greatest album of all time. Um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I remember the week it came out, uh, uh, my older brother bought the, the record the day it came out, and we played it over and over again. We wore a thing out. We had to buy another one. And I thought, <laughs> what a great song. And someday when I turned, and I was, I think, 10 years old at the time, um, or 8 years old, something like that, and it was a huge Beatles fan. And, um, you know, I, I thought, God, someday I'm going to turn 64. I hope I can come alive to sing this song. And so I did. <laughs> and so you did. And must, I must say, you did a good job, Bob. Or, uh, Mike, Mark, I must, you did a really good job. So, good. Thank you. 816 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Mark, what I wanted to talk about, we, I, yes, the special session's underway, and I could ask you some things about that. But uh, today I won't, maybe some other time. I wanted to talk about the Donald Trump situation. We have been trying to attack this from many different angles. This is a, first of all, I think a very precarious and dangerous time for America. Um, And I'm not sure where all of these multiple indictments and maybe more to come 
are going to end up or where they're going to go. Let me just ask you sort of the generic question. What is your take on the current Trump situation? Well, I think it's it's getting weirder every day. This this order by the judge that ostensibly is trying to restrict what uh, Trump can say publicly and on social media regarding the case, <clears throat> whether you like Donald Trump or not, I think we're getting into dangerous territory when you have a judge, you know, on, on the surface of it, trying to censor what a person can say. Now, this all stems from, of course, I'm not defending Trump here on this statement, because he said, if you come after me, I'm going to come after you. And now the, the judge and the courts are viewing that as a potential threat that he posted on his, his um, social media site, Truth Media. But uh, there's going to be a decision uh, by 5 o'clock today on what he can say and not say. But, um, boy, it, it's it's just weird. And, he, of course, he's claiming it's a free speech issue. He says, I'm not speaking as a defendant. I'm not releasing evidence in the case. I'm speaking as a political candidate. And, of course, political speech is among the most protected speech that we have. The free speech argument is an interesting one. Uh, it underlies, apparently, his his defense against all of the uh, indi- this current indictment, at least, um, and I'm a big free speech person, and I do believe that Trump and everybody else has a right to say what they think, even if they're wrong, uh, or even if it's a lie, I guess. I, 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 the issue, I guess, in the indictments that Jack Smith has brought is whether he said these things but then turned them into action, and that, that kind of modifies the free speech argument a bit. Or at least I think so. I'm no attorney. Well, you, what's the old saying? You, you, you have the right to free speech, but you don't have the right to shout, shout fire in a crowded theater when there's, in fact, no fire. Right. And so you, 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 there are limits on speech. Um, but this is going to be interesting because I, I have a feeling this is going to wind up as a court case, a separate court case, uh, separate from the indictments, on whether he, what he can and cannot say. And it's an interesting t- twist here because he is, um, a defendant in, in three criminal cases now, but he's also a political candidate for president of the United States. And again, political speech is a, probably the most protected speech that there is. I wrestle with how we separate the politics from the legality of, the, of, of all of these cases. Um, I, you know, I, I want to say we should follow the letter of the law, and here's the law, and if, if I did these things, here's how I would be treated, and I think Trump is being treated a bit differently. On the other hand, you can't ignore the politics. And I'm not talking about Biden, Justice Department going weaponizing. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about he is a presidential candidate, and uh, we're in the midst of a presidential campaign. And it, it, it does. There's no way you can help but influence the, the reality of legality. Yeah, and we've seen other cases over the years where uh, you know controversial cases or highly volatile cases where a judge in a criminal case will issue a gag order to both sides to refrain from doing media interviews, from to refrain from speaking publicly about the case or the evidence. And so that's, that's not unprecedented. Now, what is, I think, unprecedented here is you have this dual thing going on at the same time where a guy's a criminal defendant, but he's also a political candidate. And, and he says something, and you say, well, is he speaking as a political candidate, or is he speaking as a criminal defendant, or is he speaking as both? And this is going to be fascinating to see how the courts rule on this. I had to guess. I would guess that the judge is going to impose some stricter re- stipulations today. I'm just making a wild guess. And I'm also going to make a guess if he does that Trump, is, he can't help himself. I don't think he'll adhere to them. 
What do you do to Donald Trump if he doesn't if he violates a court order like that? I mean, it's Donald Trump, well, former president of the United States. What do you do? Yeah, I suspect we're going to see the judge issue a gag order to both sides because we, we've seen the, the special counsel in this case, Jack Smith, speaking in the media, too. And so, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think right. the judge is going to tell both sides to clam up. Um, you know, in terms of... Uh, you know, the weird thing about all of this is, from a political standpoint, it's like Trump defies gravity. He's now been indicted three times, and he still spikes in the polls. Absolutely. He is so far ahead of the rest of the Republican candidates, uh, he looks like he's on a glide path for renomination. And he continues to, every time he is indicted, he raises more money. Now, it's going, apparently, more to his legal defense than to his actual campaign, but uh, the poll numbers go up campaign contributions go up uh it, it's it, we're living in a in a bizarre world yeah it, it's like i say it defies gravity i remember when you know ronald reagan when in the days when he could do no wrong as president they referred to him as the teflon president right, exactly well that's not that doesn't even compare to this i mean this is <laughs> this is just weird Mark, what do you? I mean, wild speculation here. We don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. Um, they're going to. One thing they're going to try to do is delay this as long, all of these these trials as long as possible. But I've been asking everybody over the last few weeks and wrestling myself with this question: What's the end game here? How does this end? Boy, I don't know. I've been writing in my column, my weekly political column, for for months that I don't think Trump or Biden will be on the ballot in November of 2024. I just have a feeling that at some point there's going to be a cumulative effect of all these legal troubles for Trump, and there's going to be a big chunk of the Republican Party that says, and especially independent voters too, that says, you know what, we're done with this. We've got to look elsewhere for another candidate. And I think one of the interesting things about that is over the weekend, Mike Pence was very harsh in his criticism of Indeed. President Trump. Yep. And I think if there's one person that really has to try really turn this thing on a dime and come out, it's going to have to be Mike Pence, who was the vice president, who got uh, you know caught up in this thing uh, with the Capitol riots on January 6th, where people were screaming, hang Mike Pence. He's got to be the guy that, to be the most aggressive attacker on this, to separate himself from Trump, but also say, we need to find some other candidate, some alternative. But I don't know if it'll, it's, it's going to be Mike Pence as the alternative, but I think at some point this, there's going to be a Trump fatigue is going to set in. Uh, Mike Pence said this weekend, which had to probably give Donald Trump a little start, that he, uh, Pence had kept contemporaneous notes uh, in his conversations with Donald Trump uh, about the attempt to uh, ask Pence to not certify the, the election. Um, contemporaneous notes are always a pretty powerful tool for a prosecutor. Well, and the other part of this is Pence says he will testify. If called to testify against Trump, he will do so. Um, I want to get back to your comment that neither Biden nor Trump will, will be on the ballot, because I, th I think there's something to be said about that. But before I do that, can Trump be convicted? I don't know what I exactly mean by that, but uh, can Trump be convicted? Well, I think this whole notion of a change of venue is fascinating because his, his lawyer has proposed moving the trial to West Virginia. <laughs> You've got to understand that in Washington, D.C., I believe I, I did this, and I, I, I'd have to go back and look at my column, but I believe voter registration in the District of Columbia is, is like 90% Democrat. Right. 
And, of course, you have to balance this with you're entitled to uh, a jury of your peers, trial by a jury of your peers. Well, how can you have a fair trial in Washington, D.C., if you know 90% of the electorate are registered Democrats? And so I can see where his attorneys would say that's this is unfair. We would there's no way we can get a fair trial with a fair jury. This was a biased. And then of course you you look at the prospect of well, well can they move the case to West Virginia where Trump carried the state in uh, 2016 and 2020 with 69 percent of the vote. He's you know there's only one state where he's more popular and that's Wyoming. So is is that unfair to the prosecution? So this is going to be a balancing act. Um, I think we're going to see a court fight over a change of venue as well, because according to the Constitution, you have to have the trial in the jurisdiction where the alleged crime occurred. But I can, and I don't know the, the law on this. I actually can concur with the Trump team in saying that D.C. would not would would be a biased. In it just what's the word I'm looking for here? It just just be, be by registration and by vote, 95 percent of the people in D.C. voted for for uh, for Biden. It doesn't seem like it would be a uh, an easy to get a fair jury pool. Nor in West Virginia, the exact same thing. But I don't know where you go. You got to go somewhere to get. I don't know. Is, is it a purple state? And then I guess probably more than in any trial I can ever think of, jury selection becomes important. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think this would go to a purple state, and the closest purple state to Washington, D.C., is the state of Virginia, um, which is interesting because then you go, well, where do you put it in West Virginia? If you go to the no- the northern D.C. suburbs like Arlington and Alexandria, those are as Democrat mm-hmm. as Washington, D.C. Or do you move it to Roanoke that is so red that, uh, you know, it skews the other way? Or, or do you go to Richmond? Right? I mean, where would you put this in the state of, of, of Virginia, which is a purple state? It swings both ways. Um, but where could you put it to get a balanced, fair uh, jury? Do you think that Donald Trump ever, if he's convicted, what's happened to him? Let's put it that way. Well, if he's convicted, you know, a lot of this is going to hinge on when these trials get going. And his team is obviously going to try and delay, delay, delay. The last thing you want is the trial going on, you know, the week of the New Hampshire primary or or sometime next spring on Super Tuesday. And so I suspect they're going to try and delay this as possible because you certainly don't want a conviction before the 2024 election. The interesting thing is, let's say it gets delayed and he wins, the, you know, the, the presidency and it hasn't gone to trial. Can he pardon himself? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, that's a, that's a, a question that was debated when he was last in office, and I don't know that there was a resolution. There are people arguing both sides, but what he could do if he's in, if he's president is he could influence the Justice Department to somehow drop the charges, or I'm not sure what he'd have power there. On the other hand, if uh, if the Georgia state case is added into this mix, which I think it's likely to be. He wouldn't have any influence over state cases. But, look, I am – let me be honest. You you're, you try to be very objective and don't share this information. I don't like Donald Trump, and I am a Democrat. But i got to tell you, I don't want to see Donald Trump in jail. I don't want to see a former president of the United States in an orange jumpsuit, despite what some of my progressive friends you know, like to put up on social media. I, I think that's terrible for the country. So I don't know what happens if he's convicted. Boy, I don't know either. You know, the one other thing I wrote about in my column this this past weekend was the tit for tat 
um, gotcha that we're getting into in in politics in this country, where you know you've got the Democrats pushing for his criminal prosecution, and then on the other hand, you've got Republicans in the House saying, "Well, we're going to um, start impeachment inquiries against President Biden for his involvement with his son's hunter's business dealings." And it seems you know both sides love to use the word weaponize, yeah. but we're really getting into that. You think of since you know 1996, 1997, we've had President uh, uh, Clinton impeached, we've had President Trump impeached twice. Now we're talking about impeaching President Biden. You know, prior to that, it was 100 years ago that mm-hmm. before that that uh, you know we had President Nixon obviously was on impeachment inquiry, but it was a full hundred years before that that the only other impeachment happened, and that was Andrew Johnson who succeeded uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln. So to have all these impeachments in, a, in, in, a, in you know, five potentially in, in, within one generation is just bizarre, and that, that, that worries me. Well, we are the politicization of the legal process, no matter which political side of the aisle you come down on, is, is increasing, and we're starting to use, you're right, you know, impeachment is a word that was the super highest bar you would ever want to use, um, and I never thought after the threat of impeachment with Nixon was was around, I never thought we'd see it again. And yet we have, in my lifetime, seen three more impeachments, the uh, impeachment of uh, Clinton and, and then two for two for Trump. And I don't know what's happening with Biden. Uh, we're throwing him around like now it's like a, a speeding ticket. That's maybe a bad example, but you get my point. We're, we're using them uh, much, much more, much more frequently. So I just, I don't know where this all goes. Um, I, could, could do you think it is likely Trump? And I'm just asking for your expertise and your opinion on this. Do you think it's likely Trump pulls a Nixon at some point and says, "All right, I'm out of here. If you just let me just drop the charges or let me plead to a lower charge, I will then sign a deal to never run for office again." No, I don't see that at all. The guy's a fighter. He loves the battle. He loves the he loves to be in the you know squared circle in the boxing ring or the wrestling ring, and I don't th- I don't see that the word quit is not in his vocabulary. Unfortunately, I agree with you. I I, I think that is the best solution, but I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Trump could ever conceivably do that. So Lord knows what's going to happen. Mark, where do we find your uh, your political column? I write for a uh, outfit in New England um, in Providence, Rhode Island. It's called GoLocalProv.com. GoLocalProv.com, and I, it's called the Sunday Political Brunch, and it's on there every Sunday. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, go go. Are you working the legislature today now? Oh, I'll be down there. I'm I'm in the office already. I'll be at the legislature for the special session shortly. All right. Well, have a, have a good time at that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Howard. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. Right, Appreciate you being here. Thanks. Got- Mark Curtis is the chief political correspondent for Nextar Media, and we tend to think of that as purely West Virginia politics, which is what he he does a lot inside politics, West Virginia. He hosts that show on all the Nextar stations, including WTRF-TV. But he actually is quite conversant in and writes columns about and has written a book about uh, national politics as well, so I want to get his take on that. Do I take a break or a news, pal? Let's go right to the news. It room. is 8.32, and Taylor Good is here. Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 7th. 
It's expected when kids go back to school that a yellow bus will be pulling up in their neighborhood. But what happens when there aren't enough drivers to get that bus moving? Well, Marshall County is facing a particular shortage of substitute bus drivers two weeks before the school year begins. But even if you've never driven a 12-ton vehicle before, you can still step up to the wheel. The district will give you both the classroom and the road education to become certified. And staying in the Mountain State, West Virginia will soon be opening its 36th state park. Governor Jim Justice announced the addition of Summersville Lake State Park. The bill that made it official was sent to the legislature Sunday morning. Once they pass that bill and the governor signs it, new recreational opportunities at that park will be open to the public. It's the state's first new park added in more than 30 years. And your chance to buy back to school items in the Mountain State for less is coming to an end. Today is the last day in West Virginia to buy certain school related items with no extra sales tax on top. It applies to school supplies $50 or less, instructional material $20 or less, and clothes $125 or less. Computers and sports equipment are also included under the tax holiday. You can see the rules and exactly which items apply at tax.wv.gov. And lastly, the Columbiana County Sheriff's Office is looking for a woman they say has escaped from the Eastern Ohio Correctional Center. She is Ashley Crowley, 37 years old. She's 5'5", five five, weighing 130 pounds, and has blonde hair and blue eyes. Police say she was last known to be wearing a gray shirt with black trim, black leggings, and pink stripes and black sneakers. Anyone with information is urged to contact police. That was a look at your headlines. Have a great start to your work week, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Get 11% off and elevate the look of your home with Menards. We carry the largest selection of Hunter ceiling fans in many styles and sizes. Ceiling fans are perfect for adding light, comfort, and style to any room while helping you save on energy bills year-round. Get the 44-inch Auberville LED ceiling fan for $89.97 after 11% rebate. Good through August 13th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menard. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Ninety-five percent of our political news today is driven by political views. I don't care if it's ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, all of them. You all are the ones that's going to destroy this republic, not anyone else. You, Hoppy, you.
Every Friday on TalkLine, it's Steam Release, your weekly opportunity to vent. You can also release steam about the host. 95% of our political news today is driven by political views. I don't care if it's ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, all of them. You all are the ones that's going to destroy this republic, not anyone else. You, Hoppy, you. Steam Release every Friday on TalkLine right here on this Metro News radio station. We'll talk to you then. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Monday, Monday, so good to me. Monday morning, it was all. You, it's your, you are the, the bane of all existence. You, Hoppy, you. Hoppy is not making friends, except for me. He's not making friends with his uh, points on, uh, on the Trump situation because he actually concurs with me, and um, that does not sit well with the talk line. <laughs> Much of the talk line audience, I don't think. I believe I heard him uh, refer to the former president as a con man. Yes. He has no tolerance, none. I, I heard him say earlier this or last week, uh, somebody said, Hoppy, you need to be more objective. I'm not objective. I can't be objective. He's a con man. So uh, he wrote a commentary, which I think Hoppy and I talked about on Friday. His uh, w, uh, commentary at WVMentorNews.com last Friday was, can we still be friends? <laughs> because there were so many people who were upset with him for his point of view about uh, uh, about uh, Trump. And, of course, you just heard it there in that little promo. All the problems in the world are responsible because of you, Hoppy, you. So there you go. Uh, 8.38.22 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 71 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 71 to the Highland, 68 uh, in Elm Grove, and 70 here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Bob, I always enjoy talking. Oh, you walked away. I'm sorry. It's okay. Didn't mean to catch you there. I apologize. Um, I always get a kick out of talking to Mark Curtis. I, I just think he's such a good guy, a smart guy, such a fascinating resume and so on. He's done it all. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a mouthful. That's all right. I apologize. And did you notice, I'm, Howard, I left the studio. That's what's got me a little bit. I am, mm. so, I am sorry. I didn't, I didn't look up in time to see that. I, I apologize. But yeah, he's, he's top notch at everything he does. Uh, just a really smart guy. And uh, I, I think a great, I don't know, interview would just be start at the beginning. Mark, you know. And then just work your way to where he is now. I'm sure it'd be a fascinating story. I've said that to him many times, both on and off the air. I'd like to get him in here someday, just to or on the air, just to just to talk about him. Uh, you know, he's made several movies. Not made them. It's not, been, but he's been in several movies. I mean, movies that have become you know big, big screen movies. And there's a guy that easily reports the news. You know, he has a lot of stories to tell. And uh, I didn't realize until I was doing a little background again this weekend. That he had written that book. Of, I'm going to, have to try and track it down now. The Barack Obama book and and read it. It, it received some accolades, um, so I I want to read that too. No, oh, that sounded when you were talking to him about that. That sounded like a Howard Monroe yes. dream I, I, job. I <laughs> city to city. There's Howard just hanging out I and agree. writing everything down with his green pen. I agree. I thought the exact when he's talking. I thought, oh my. So what you did was you just went. 
from state to state and followed the campaign. Wow. Look, I've always wanted, there was a book that came out in, geez, 68, I think it was, called The Boys on the Bus. And it was about the, the campaign reporters that just followed the, the uh, candidates around, the boys on the bus, on the campaign bus. And way back then, I was still just, I thought, man, that, that's what I would love to do. You know what makes it even better, Howard? If there's beer on the bus. Beer on the bus. <laughs> it would be even better. Well, I have never done, I mean, I've been to, you know, primary states and I've covered the campaign in different ways. I've never been on the, the daily routine. I have, uh, I've read a good bit about it. And I've seen some movies about it and some documentaries about it. And um, I believe that occurs. I, <laughs> my sense of it is that there is a good bit of... Um, it's a long day, Howard. It, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, as we learned in the concluding season of The West Wing, sometimes campaign staffers, when they are together for a long period of time, they come on the bus. That's the phrase they used. <laughs> Which was the euphemism for have a little hookup. Have a little hookup. Have a little hookup. All right, 842, 18 to the hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, I mentioned earlier, and I just wanted to just finish up this. Last Monday, we talked to Aaron Moltz um, from local unions about the demolition contract that was issued from WVU Medicine for the uh, demolition of uh, the, the uh, old OVMC campus uh, to make way for the new cancer center that's going to be there. It's going to be, a, well, I think, like a two-year total project. Just the demolition is going to be a two-year total project. Uh, WVU Medicine issued it to, uh, gave, awarded the bid to a New Jersey firm. There was a local company in the running as well from Shadyside, Rays International. The difference in bids, if I read them correctly, was less than $100. So, I mean, it's negligible. It's not like one was $18 million and one was four. You know what I'm saying? The difference in bids was just negligible. So money wasn't the issue. They issued it to, they, being WVU Medicine, issued it to the New Jersey firm. And the unions that we talked to said, we think that's right. They're going to come. Yes, they're from New Jersey, but they will come here. They will hire local contractors. They are a union shop. Uh, Rays International, though, has filed a suit uh, over that contract. Uh, they claim they were the winning bidder. They had the, the, the cheapest bid. Again, the difference was so small, $6.949 million to $6.988 million. I mean, it just in, in, in terms of a bid like that, that's negligible. So Rays is asking for a temporary restraining order, a preliminary injunction or a permanent injunction, uh, prohibiting the awarding of the demolition contract to the company from New Jersey. They say, and we talked about this last week, that the New Jersey company does not have a West Virginia excavator's license. Now, we heard from Aaron Moltz last week that the New Jersey company has already, and prior to the bid, contracted with a West Virginia company or regional company who does have that license. So they are subcontracting that out, but they already have that uh, done. Rays also claims that the New Jersey company's, Benke, I think it's called, uh, proposed demolition method is less safe, more polluting, and more of a nuisance to the surrounding area. Um, Benke is proposing a crane-based method, I guess just knocking the buildings down, basically. Um, 
and I'm not sure what exactly it is that uh, Rays will do, but they say their technique is better and easier. Um, in the Intel story over the weekend, WVU Medicine uh, Wheeling Hospital declined any comment, but um, the, I guess this will go into into court. I, I'm I'm not sure where it goes. It seems to me that. Again, in the beginning, I heard some concerns about this, and I did a little looking into it. Once I talked to Aaron, it, it seems to me that I don't think I would second-guess WVU Medicine there. I'm not uh, saying this is the case, but do you think this would hold any water if it was like a union issue? If the, the, the money behind the project said, you know what, we want to we want to we want to work with the unions on this for, for whatever reason, thinking it's going to be smoother, maybe thinking the work would be done better. And they pinpointed their, their candidates, hopefully, to a union outfit that would work with the workers here. Well, do, do you, would you have any basis of that's not right? I had thought when I first heard, I, I had a phone call about this the day the bid was, was uh, uh, awarded. Um, and I was told, be aware, there's going to be some issues raised by raised, <laughs> raised by raise. And honestly, what I thought was we were going to hear that the out-of-state company was going to use non-union workers and non-local workers. That's what I thought was going to be the issue before I knew anything about it. After talking to Aaron last week, that's not the case. The out-of-state company, Benke, uh, is going to use local workers, and they're going to be local union workers. I don't know if Ray's is a union or non-union shop. Do I think that, that the union issue is somewhere involved in this? Yeah, I think it probably is. Uh, I think it probably is. But I, I, I'm i not a... I, I'm not an attorney, and the many attorneys listening to this show right now are going, you're damn right you're not. <laughs> but my layman's sense would be that WVU Medicine, assuming that what we were told is true, that Benke did already have a subcontract with the excavating company, because that was part of the bid. They had to be able to excavate as well. Assuming they already had that contract, I, I don't know that the raise bid or the raise uh, suit holds any any water, but I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. I wouldn't think it would either. Now, let's, the, the first thing is the money. I mean, again, if you got too wide a gap, and then you have a problem, but they were almost identical with the bid. Right. To me, the number one concern with, with me would be how the building comes down. Howard, you and I, just at the wrong place at the wrong time, we hit the tunnel where you could not see. Now, was they blasting? Well, they were sandblasting. Oh, well, they were sandblasting. Uh, yeah. So imagine Route 2, you know, depending on how they they decide to take these. I can see dust. I can see debris. You would want to know that it was going to be uh, taking out of there professionally, right? Wouldn't those be concerns that would be towards the top of the list? Well, and again, that is an issue that Ray, I don't know how Ray's intends to do it. I don't know what their technique would be. They're claiming that the, quote, crane-based demolition that uh, Benke is proposing uh, would lead to, uh, would be less safe, noisier, dirtier, and a less controlled method than the one proposed by Ray's. I don't know what Ray's is proposing. Are they going to do the uh, explosion stuff? Dynamite. I, I, I you know, um, I, I don't know. And certainly there's going to be, I, I don't doubt if you, you know, it is a huge campus, a uh, large piece of property, a lot of buildings. When they come down, there's going to be, you're right, there's going to be a lot of smoke and debris. And I'm not, I'm not so sure so much about debris, but a lot of smoke and stuff. You got center wheeling right there. You yeah. got the route two to the other side. I mean, I could see it be, being a mess. Sometimes those things, even the most planned out, 
the professionals that, that know exactly what they're doing, the wind changes or something changes. You, I would go with the people that I believe that, that, that are the best. Well, again, I have to assume that's exactly what WVU Medicine did. Um, but uh, we'll find out when this goes to court. I, I, I hear the concerns that raise, raise raises about uh, pollution and all that kind of stuff. I, I wish the story here doesn't tell me, or if it does, I, I missed it. And if, if that's the case, it's an Eric Ayer story, and Eric's usually pretty, pretty good. So I, I may have missed it. The story doesn't tell me what technique Ray's is going to use. So the case is going to go to uh, into court. Um, I have a I have a feeling it'll be, be in and out fairly quickly, but I don't know. They're going to huff, they're going to puff, and they're going to blow the place down, Howard. <laughs> Ten to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I want to get back to Trump in, after a break. Uh, there's. <laughs> There's one thing apparently that Trump got really ticked off about in the arraignment last week. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. How much could a cyber attack cost your business. The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot. like Mondays, or at least I'm having a good time this Monday. This Monday doesn't bother me. Bother you today? No, but I got to admit, I think I enjoyed last Monday a little bit better. Well, because we weren't here. And then we weren't here the week before. 
And I don't know how many weeks. <laughs> right. So you get my drift. Yeah, this I, Monday's I, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. but, you know, we've had better. Howard. Is there any shot you think we could go for the Johnny Carson schedule? You know, four days a week? You know what? I love Fridays a lot more than I love Mondays, but we got to work Friday. But, yeah, can you can you work that out? Can you well, work? Have, you know, Fridays, though, is kind of a fun day It's a us. real fun day. Monday's not so much. We do the highlights of the week, and we got the Uniglobe Travel Show. McCabe and I kick things around, and uh, – uh, and uh, uh, that's why sometimes we do some of the fun, you know, your favorite TV show kind of stuff and so on. So Fridays are kind of a fun day heading off into the weekend. You know, Friday, um, Monday, again, I'm having a good time today. Don't get me wrong. I'm feeling good, but I could be eating breakfast, too. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? Seven till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Feel free to text me or call me if you'd like to. The uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, or the text line 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK. The Frio Stack Auction Service lines are always open and available for you to use. And I should mention, so talk about Frio Stack again, that uh, the online auction that's been going on for a while now is winding down today. Bidding closes today at 10 o'clock. So go to frioandstack.com, look over the items that are available on this auction, and if you're interested, click Bid Now and place your bids on any of the collectibles or the vintage kitchenware or the tractors, the car parts, the tools, uh, all of those kind of things. Uh, if you're not sure what is available, go to freeonstack.com and look around. Yeah, and the whole thing doesn't shut down at 10. It's a process that takes a while. Down. It'll start with the very first lot, and then it'll go to the very end of the, the list. So uh, you got plenty of time yet. So go to it now, check it out, but uh, don't wait too long. Yeah, because it will begin winding down at 10. Bidding will close at 10 o'clock. And speaking of Frio Stack, I got a nice uh, text here from Jimmy Frio. Uh, he worked. Hi, he worked uh, many years with uh, with Slimly Hard. I guess uh, Slim that, was an that, auctioneer that, that, too, so that doesn't surprise you. That doesn't surprise right? me. Yeah. 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 So good to hear from Jim. And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, there's going to be so many stories about Slimly Hard because again, uh, there were so many sides to, to Slimly Hard. There were. There were. And I, I love. You know, I don't think I, he he took his name the Wheeling. I don't think the Wheeling Cat song that you played. I could be wrong. I don't think that was written about him. I think that was one of his first songs that gave him his nickname of the Wheeling Cat. I think I'm right about that. I loved that. That was a, that was a cool song. Maybe we can do it one more time before the show is over and done with. Because I, I really liked that. That was kind of people cool. go out with a big cat. How's that? The Howard? big cat. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, five before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Oh, there's so much to talk about the Donald Trump thing, and I, we're going to do a little bit. We did a little bit with Mark Curtis. Uh, Matt Robeson coming back tomorrow. We'll probably talk a tad about the Trump because there's some action going to happen today in court. Uh, Matt and I are going to try to tackle a subject that I actually invited him on last week to talk about and we didn't get to, which is how much of how many institutions institutions in this country are just ignoring the rules of law. I keep referring to the Alabama uh, legislature who was ordered by the Supreme Court to redraw their districts. And they said, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, ordered by the Supreme Court. Texas, uh, ordered by the Department of, not Department of Justice. And it was ordered to get those buoys and things out of the, 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 the water that was preventing images from coming in and spiked and so on. Um, and they said, no, we just, we're not going to follow federal law anymore. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting into a dangerous period of time. And it, it, it touched the tail on the Trump thing, too, because... You know, basically, that's that's kind of where Trump is at. But I had to laugh. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, Matt and I will get a, get into that. 
Um, Caitlin Collins is uh, one of the CNN hosts who was actually in the courtroom uh, when Trump uh, was arraigned last week. And I, I just this is just a little little tidbit that I found interesting. She said, I'm learning tonight that Trump left in a sour and dejected mood. Now, listen, it's your third time being indicted. And in this case, you've been indicted for four federal felonies. I don't know about you, Bob, but I'd be sour and dejected if I was just arraigned on four federal felonies. Whether I thought I was innocent or not, I would put me in a sour and dejected mood. But Caitlin Collins said he was, and please forgive my language, he was pissed off because the judge did not call him Mr. President. He referred to him as Mr. Trump. Well, he is in this courtroom. He is a defendant. He's Mr. Trump. You would get Mr. Slider. I would get Mr. Monroe. How would you like to be that th- uh, free thinker that's in the room and says, well, uh, Mr. President, you might want to consider this uh, political asylum. If, if things go really, really bad, who can we reach out to? Yeah, well, that's, you know, I, I was reading um, just I, I don't know why I read Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore. Now it's X. You know, Musk changed the name to X. Yeah. I was reading X yesterday. Um, and there was someone who was saying that, a, a, and it's true, this is true, a typical defendant charged with four federal felonies of the nature Trump was charged with would not have been allowed to go free, would not have been allowed to have his own private jet to go wherever he wants to go, and so on. And the implication, but the, I got thinking the same thing. I thought, you know what? Unfortunately, like Mark Curtis said, his Trump never gives up. He just won't give up. You know, were it me, he's got, I think, the total indictment, the total number of charges are like 80-some against him. That's because each indictment carries multiple charges. And I think the D.C. and the Florida case are pretty strong. That's my opinion. I think they're pretty strong. I'm thinking if I was him and I have my own plane... And I don't know if he's as rich as he once claimed he was, but he's got a lot of money, right? I think um, I think I'd be talking to the captain. You say Australia is pretty nice, Howard. I'd be saying, listen, you know, I think um, I think I'd like to take a little trip. Can we take a little trip? Can we take a trip? To the best of my knowledge, I don't think that he has been restrained from leaving the country. Didn't turn in his passport or anything. Um, and I, again, I'm I, he is the former president. He should be given a certain amount of of, of leeway. But you and I wouldn't be allowed to do that. You and I would be, you know, charged with these kind of crimes, four federal felonies. We'd be giving up our passport. Do you have a passport? I do. Well, you'd be, you, we'd be charged. We'd be giving up our passport and told not to leave the country. I think I'd already left the country, Howard. Yeah, I, see, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. Next hour, Mike Florio joins us, best known for NBC Sportscasting, but also an author. And he's going to talk to us about his new book. That's coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show, where it's 9 o'clock. I don't like Mondays. FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville.